Welcome to Movie and a Beer, everybody. This is Dan Kopersky bringing us in. And on today's episode of Movie and a Beer, we are going to be chatting about a crazy-ass movie from the 70s called Wizards. And to, in order to do that, we have three wonderful friends and co-hosts here to allow this wonderful episode to occur. I'm the resident magic expert, Aaron. Magic. Happy to be here with you. The gathering magic, too. <laughs> nice. Uh, I tap a green mana to introduce myself. I am Blake, the animation expert. And I know more about magic than you, Aaron. You maybe just a gathering, <laughs> and I am Brian Richard. Tonight's movie is one of my favorite movies, and I also know a lot about the director Ralph Bakshi. Wow! Did cool. you go to school with him too? I did not. <laughs> oh, okay, let's yeah. get that away. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. So, uh, however, I did uh, work with an editor who worked with <gasps> Ralph Bakshi. He was a oh. PA in New York long ago. Wow, that's dope. That's like a long time ago. Because okay, this film came out in 77, which I believe is the same year as Star Wars, right? It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yes. A 1977 film starring Mark Hamill. Yes. Ooh. And Mark Hamill also happens oh, to Oh, Jim voice. the Vampire, of course. Yes. There's some interesting crossovers with this movie and some other films. Um, but we also had three different beers. Well, uh, the idea was, hey, we were going to watch this great film. And I, I said, hey, do we want to do technology or magic? Because that's what this film is about is, you know, can you use your imagination and technology or your imagination and magic and who's going to win? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, the effects of uh, technology on the land and the people wielding it versus magic. Yeah. True. We had three really interesting beers to sample. Yep. Uh, the first one magically was a beer without gluten. So gluten free. It was a. Magic. Pre, magic pre-prohibition style porter, which is, you know, it was all right. May, may I say inconceivable? Inconceivable. And then the second one was, and I probably some of the listeners here know that, you know, Guinness is this wonderful beer that's always served out of a nitro can or bottle, if not on draft in nitro or partial nitro or on cask. We happened to come across an ESB made here locally that is nitro out of the can, which is... Magic. Magic. Dark magic. Really dark magic, because I have no idea how the hell they Too do. much technology. Nitro magic. They tap black yes. mana for that one. And then the third one, which some of us are still sipping on, which we kind of got late in the movie because we didn't realize it was only like an hour and seven minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> we paused movie. it, and Aaron and I said, yeah, it was like 20 minutes left. Seven? Yeah. yeah. That's like, oh, way less than what we that thought. Last beer. It, it was an hour and 20 minutes for yeah, the, the length of the movie. Well, with credits, open and end credits. It's oh. like, yeah, not yeah. a lot. All right. This third beer which is from a, also another local brewery called Hop Massive, is only 3.3%, but so tastes so like a giant, juicy IPA. Yeah. Ah, so I was going to say, so it's Loc- not an IPA. It's not an IPA. It's an IPA. It's an IPA. It's low-calorie, very, very low-grain, just but with a whole lot of hops. I can't believe it's not IPA. Correct. It has a lot of flavor it for does. a small beer. Big things come in small packages. Like Avatar the Wizard. Yes. He was little and had no shoes. Correct. So Giant he's also feet. my favorite character. But he also had a big tower. Oh, uh-huh, he had a uh-huh. very big wink, tower. Wink. Uh-huh. He did. Wink, wink, nudge, he did. nudge. This 1977 animated film called The Wizards is about a good wizard trying to defeat his evil brother who is trying to use old technology. Like World War II Nazi Germany technology. Yeah, but it, yeah. He, he discovers these old propaganda films and these old typewriters mm-hmm. and these old turntables, projectors, pinball. Pinball machines were in there. Uh, that religious 
uh, that church. I, I suppose yes. we do need to like back up. Like the frame story is that the world explodes for unknown reasons. Millions and, of years ago, and yeah, two million years Post-apocalyptic. ago. Post apocalyptic. Yeah, and uh, over these effect. two million years, there's you know radiation that changes humanity into these denizens of mutants, into mutants. Uh, mutants, basically D and D characters, but you know, okay, yeah, yeah more like Gamma World, really. Yeah, yeah, like elves. We should play Gamma World, guys. I have a copy. Yeah. So there was like a lizard walking around with hooves, and I was very confused. Yes. I liked that. That was that was cool. There were like two legged dogs that they rode. Um, fun fun fact about those two legged uh, horses, as um, the IMDb puts it, they had two legs because it was easier to animate and cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the reason why they gave him two because fewer legs to work on. They Brian, did have a distinct coconut cadence when they walked around. Yes. I will say, mm-hmm. yeah, it was very coconutty. Brian, do you have any idea why they were trying to save money? Okay, so <laughs> from my understanding, what happened with this film was they got about halfway through animating it, and uh, the studio said, "I'm not giving you more money." So Ralph Bakshi, the director, had to come up with some very inventive ways to save money and finish telling his story. And one of the things he did was rotoscoping, which is where you you paint over existing film. So he used shots from old newsreels. He used shots from El Cid. He used shots from Zulu uh, and three or four other films. And I thought he did it to great effect. Uh, fantastically did. creative, and really well done. Yeah. It, it, another thing he had to do, which became obvious, was part of his story, he had to uh, have an artist, Mike Plug, draw back plates and then kind of narrate different parts of the story over the back plates. Mm-hmm. I love that narrator. Yeah. A great, She's terrific. Yeah, a great combination of different animation styles and approaches mm-hmm. and basically like collaging different things together to tell an interesting story. And And I think I think you did a really good job. I, I think I enjoy, that is correct. Oh, yeah. yeah. I enjoy the fact that it is a typical, as as Blake might say, a hero's journey. Yeah, frankly, if you were to well, describe... Well, Joseph Campbell says hero's journey, but I'll, I'll hold off for another episode. <laughs> yeah, I, th- yeah, yeah. I think if you were to describe <laughs> all of the different techniques used, all of the different approaches and aesthetics used, if you were to just tell me about it, I, I would imagine something, and, and in my imagination, it would not work. But this did. It, it kind of, I pulled together. It was cohesive. It was well done. And, uh, and there was... Yeah, I think a compelling story with with interesting characters, and and it wasn't necessarily anti-Nazi. It just used that as the bad guys because it was an easy thing to do. Yeah, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about like 1977. You know, 30 years before, like Nazism was still relatively fresh. Yeah, and if we were to say, okay, 30 years from now, like it's as though like Hitler would have been in the 90s. You know, like yeah, it, right. it would have been. It, it was definitely a reaction on both World War One and World War Two, mm-hmm, but it mm-hmm. was also a critique of the recently finished Vietnam War. Mm. Shit, that's right. Yeah. Which okay, the the basic theme of the film was technology versus magic. Yeah, right. yeah. But it's also technology versus a lesser armed opponent, which yeah. was America's experience in Vietnam. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And and right, Le- this came out in 1977. The Vietnam War ended in 74, which is probably right around when Bakshi was pitching the film yeah. to it, studios. Animation takes a while to make kids. There weren't a lot of animators listed either in the credits. Ooh. I was like, wow, there's like six animators and then like five or six assistant animators. I'm like, wow, and this was all hand done. Right, it's, it's hand animated, not computer animated, Correct. which is what we do today. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which fits into the theme. Yes. Technology 
versus art. Yes, very much Technology so. Technology versus like art. There is something, though, too, about you know uh, living sustainably and kind of you know in in accordance with nature and mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. a relationship with nature versus you know this path of technology that leads you into greed, leads you into continuing to grasp for more, leads you into trying to conquer the whole known world. Well, I feel bad because the contrast in the scenery for these two that I kept commenting, it looks like an H.R. Geiger piece. And you and Aaron, you said like M.C. Escher castle. The evil area looked super cool, but stark and depressing. Yeah. And then Avatar's area, the, the nice nature, pure land, mm-hmm. kind of featureless, but it was nice. It wasn't crowded. It wasn't cluttered. The point of this was really illustrated well in, in a climactic scene in this desolate, <laughs> desolate setting. Uh, our hero avatar just says it looks too dreary, and he starts magically making flowers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he's as he's being carried down the pathway. Yes, very much so. One of the things I thought was interesting, three quarters of the way through on their journey to the scorch and the castle, get captured mm-hmm. by a, a, a subset of fairies called mountain fairies, and they do not like anyone. So it's like if you imagine the mindset or the frame of the world during World War II, you have countries who like, I don't like anybody. I don't want to deal with anybody. We're on right. our own. We're, we're, we're going to stay neutral. We're not yes. going to pick sides. And I, I thought that was really interesting how they kind of portrayed that. And then mm-hmm. the king's decision is, well, you go on your way. We don't want anything to do with it. We're just going to stand back and watch it happen. He was very specific about it too. Yeah. He, we I will mean, not like, hinder. We will not help. We will remain neutral. And they sat down. They were gone. Yeah. It sounds very much like, I don't know, some of the countries during World War II. That like Switzerland? That. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. That's, per, that's the one I thought of. Very let's let's talk about Eleanor and uh, and her outfit. So Eleanor is the princess, soon to now uh, be... P- like part queen. fairy... Uh, fairy in training? What was it? She I think she was, was young. Fairy she in training. Young. She had right. she her magical powers mm-hmm. hadn't fully developed. Her yet. G string was yet a complete. woman. <laughs> her G string was not yet complete yeah. because literally she's running around in a G string and like really skimpy thingy. And I'm just like, wow, okay. Kids' films were different, man. I'm telling you, this is not okay. It's my, so it's let's, even, let's step back really for a second. <laughs> Violence, not a lot of foul language. No nudity, per se. There was Nazi propaganda. But a lot of Nazi propaganda going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not necessarily for young kids, because they wouldn't the, know what the hell it is. This film was not pro-Nazi, though. It was yeah, not. It represented Correct. Nazis as the evil, evil other. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The yeah. Black Wolf using it as a as a tool to motivate his troops of evil mutants. Mm-hmm. Or just... To manipulate. Misguided mutants and to manipulate. Yeah. To shock yeah. and awe. They, they felt like fanboys towards the end of the film when they're wearing the gear. I'm like, it looks like that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie finds some, some Nazi gear and just wearing it around the bar. Like, it's cool, dude. It looks cool. Like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it's not. It looks bad. Right. So Eleanor is running around and her father gets killed, who is the president of part of the free world. That was a very specific. Even though he looks like a puppet. Slash yeah. clown slash marionette. Like a, I, was, yeah. I was getting marionette vibes. Well, you know, everyone, it's magic. You know, when you get born in that world, you, you're, what did they say? Like, you're more likely you're, you're to either be mutant a mutant or human. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what were those masks that, that doctors wore, like, during the Black Death? The Black oh, the, Plague uh, mask. Oh, the yeah. Plague mask. Yeah, plague yeah, the president was wearing like a, that. Yeah, president yeah. was wearing a plague mask. Eleanor was very sexy. Probably this wouldn't be accepted today. Right. No. Not even a little bit. No, it was totally like, if you imagine heavy metal, like the very exploitive, yeah. we were just, and there are all, most of the female characters that are portrayed in this are all of that same visual yeah. Yeah. approach. And, and, and I would say Voluptuous. this, this is a problem with Bakshi's work. Yeah. 
I mean, he did Cool World. He really he did Fritz the Cat. God, Those are cool kind of the bookends time. on yeah. both ends of this film. His portrayal of women, I wouldn't say, is acceptable. It's very it's not positive, mm-hmm. not not empowering. Dude, dude liked what he liked. Yes. And it was a voluptuous woman. He he had his. Mm-hmm. Uh, correction, a, a voluptuous fairy elf. Yeah, I, we couldn't quite tell if she was elf or fairy. And then the whole thing is, as part of as they're traveling across the lands, you, you hear that there's, you know, there's there's little fairies that come and mess with them and they go to the fairy kingdom. And then there's elves that mm-hmm. they meet at the end to help them with the battle. And the wizard is just not having it. He's not having it. He's just like, screw this. I just want to yeah. go take care of this. Do my mission. The world, uh-huh. do my mission. Yeah, yeah. Save will, the world. Yeah. I will say, I've like never do. seen a movie exactly like this. And I mean that as a compliment. Like, I, I've mm-hmm. never seen mm-hmm. anything quite like this. It, it did call to mind a little bit of like The Hobbit. You know, this mission, Lord of the Rings trilogy, like there's a mission. Uh, and I was thinking of, uh, what's the, um, like the Leonard Nimoy Hobbit movie? Oh, right. Uh, it, it just had this like hippie sort of flair to it mm-hmm. where they're dancing around. And Felt very bottoms. flower child. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting that vibe. Too. The Return of the King? Maybe. By Rankin Bass? I don't know. I th- it feels yeah, like everyone's getting their phone out looking really quick. Yeah. yeah what's the Leonard Nimoy Hobbit well, movie? Well, while Aaron looks that up, I want to talk briefly about the voice work. Yeah, because sure. I love voice acting. I think it's all like it's been fascinating since I was a kid. And not in a knock on the movie, but I told Brian it feels like some of these actors got one go at their lines and they took it. Yes, which mm-hmm. I kind of like. I like that grungy gorilla style recording. Like we gotta get this done. We have a day, and just boom, 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 getting the lines. The only problem is some of it didn't quite match the tone a little bit. <laughs> we- Weehawk felt like he got one go at all of his lines, but I love the voice actor. And then the Peter Falkian good wizard was terrific. He was yeah. definitely Columbo. And, and the narrator was very good. Oh, yeah. Love her. Her, her love voice her. was fantastic. But I love these, uh, this era of animation where it feels like, like they didn't quite have all the tech down. They didn't quite figure out the best way to record. All they, at this point, I think most of the animation was like Looney Tunes and Disney. Right. And even that sounds like a little tinny, a little bit scratchy. But I, I just really like that sound. Well, Hanna exactly. Barbera was, I think, even after all this, right? Like uh, Hanna Barbera, is that like eighty and eighty-three? Scooby Doo came out in the sixties, I think. Was it? Okay, I was yeah. thinking like He Man. Hanna Barbera was also, yeah. But as far as feature-length animation, yeah, it was Disney and nothing else. Don Bluth didn't come along until the eighties and nineties. Yeah, all dogs go to heaven. Land before time. Late eighties, early nineties, and then I suppose yeah, Pixar was probably even twenty years after that. Yeah. Yeah. 90s uh, to 2000 for Toy, Toy Story. Story. Was Toy Story the Toy first Story one? Toy Story was the first one. Yeah. It was a big deal. Everyone's like, whoa, you, you made a cartoon movie with a computer. Yeah. Yeah. Toy Story was 1996. 1996, mm-hmm. man. I remember the uh, Buzz Lightyear uh, toys at Toys R Us. Like, they were a hot item. I they remember. were very cool. Uh, so, it was a, cr- a correction, though. It was not. It was Leonard Nimoy. Apparently, it was a full album. And the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. Yes. Was a song on this album. Oh, it was. There is That's a, what I think. Okay. a music video yes. where Leonard Nimoy is dancing, and and I will encourage listeners to Google this. It is worth seeking out. Le- really enjoyed the voice work. On voice work, Mr. Bakshi voiced Fritz, who gets uh, quote unquote killed and then actually shot. Spoilers. Uh, Lard Bottom and a Stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had some dudes who had uh, gas masks for helmets, but like horn- human bodies, but only like either three or four fingers. So they were like, humanoid. oh, he knows the fingers. I always look yeah, no, look no one had five fingers. I always it was forget to look at fingers. Four. I was like, oh yeah, they're doing the four finger thing because it's a lot easier to 
draw four instead of five. If you're not going to draw four limbs on a horse, you might as well not draw all five fingers. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I, I think it was really interesting how they called out the assassin as a robot. But was he a robot? Ne- Necron 99? Yes. Necron 99 was, in fact, brainwashed. So how he do you was. brainwash well, well, when they stabbed robot. him, he deflated. Yeah. Oh, and that's what a, I'm saying. I'm like, it, it doesn't. I have no idea. Part it, robot, part balloon, part magic. The, mo- the most terrifying creature ever. Part robot, part balloon. All horror <laughs> coming this summer. Balloon bot. <laughs> well, I, this is also a, a kind of a standard trope in films. Is is a is a robot really human? Like in mm, Blade Runner, a Hell Nine Thousand. Are, yeah. are replicants real? Are they human? I'm sorry, just because Dave. they're manufactured. Are or they not? Or Cylons in the uh, the Battlestar Galactica? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Bender B. Rodriguez. Yes. Which the red assassin does look a little like Bender there's, from the backside. There's a resemblance there. Yeah, there's yeah. The backside. <laughs> I caught you. I see what you did there. I loved it. I saw the visual of Necron 99 on his horse in some game shop ages ago. Because when Dan and Brian told me about the movie, I thought, this sounds vaguely familiar. And I saw the image of him like slouching, look at the viewer. Like, I've seen this. I've seen this image. Where have I seen this image before? It's out there. Mm-hmm. And the I shot Fritz scene, or yeah, they, yeah. And, and they the, shot the, Fritz the, scene. Yeah, and the, that is the visual. <laughs> that is in pop culture. Yeah, yeah. They shot Fritz. Those dirty, stinking fairies. Those yellow fairies. They shot Fritz. <laughs> Classic he, laser sounds. Yeah. And then he shoots his friend Fritz. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm okay, man. Oh, uh, well. Uh, I'm trying to get my medals here, man. Man, you <laughs> stepped on my lines. Yeah, stepped on yeah my you lines. stepped on my lines. So I also <laughs> noticed that at least some of... So the, There's just... I mean, it's not just the portrayal of... I wouldn't say races, but just like the religious aspect of it. We noticed, you know, there's there's a scene where the they're interrogating two obvious rabbis because mm-hmm. they start doing the whole, like, very... Oh, because they're singing in front of the CBSI? Uh-huh. Did I, Aaron? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like... Did they really have to do that? Did they really have to spend 10 minutes with the scene of these two rabbis dancing around and banging each other with a board and I think uh, I think uh, Ralph had that animated before the studio came down on him. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't have all the time and money in the world. Let's just do this whole scene. Because well, it really didn't add anything to the movie, but I'm just like... I had a good time. It was well, fun I mean, to watch, but... As part of the 60s feel, I, I think that was a critique of religion. I mean, yes. there's a critique mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. war... A I critique of uh, society, a critique of religion. I mean, it, and, and, and the idea was that the, the evil armies had captured all these people. Let's go talk to the church and see what they want done with these people. Yeah. And instead of actually helping the people, the priests stood there and prayed, did a lot. They paddled each other on the butt. They hung each other on the cross. They watered each other with water. They watered, they watered each, each other. other with watering That's cans. Right. They, they, uh, you know, they, they spoke in Yiddish. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it went, went on so long, they never helped anyone, and they, the, the bad guys killed everyone. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, let's just shoot everybody. Yeah. So, It'd cr- be co- critique of a religion. Yeah. That, that's what I say was, that was. You know what I miss in this movie? I really wish they had. Anybody drinking any kind of beer. Yeah. 
There's there's only a Everyone's few scenes. Everyone's stone cold sober, dog. Yeah, they are. There's there's a few scenes where there's food involved, but not many. Uh, uh, no, uh, Avatar drinks wine. He drinks wine at the very beginning. You're right. Yeah, I totally several forgot about that. Scenes. And yeah, smokes he, a cigar. He smokes a cigar well, with yeah. his foot. He with his yeah. foot. He, he did everything his fingers with his foot. <laughs> and he, well, he doesn't have any bones, as you said. You know, the animation yeah. style looks like they need, they're just like rubber. I think with all mm-hmm. the magic Avatar has, his hands are really dangerous weapons. So he probably tries to avoid using them. That's why he wears gloves. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love a classic gloved male in a cartoon. Well, both brothers wore gloves. Just like Mickey Mouse. Yeah, Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I re- heard somewhere they did so you could tell where the hands were compared to all the other black and white happening. Uh-uh. I don't know if it's sure or not, mm-hmm. but I, I could see it. That sounds right. Way to show the distinctive motions. Yes. Well, oh. we got our hands on three different beers. There we, we go. Did. That's the That's segue. That's the segue. Thank There's you. the segue. I, we, I set it up. You knocked it we down. We did. As... as We've mentioned in the past, we either know what we're watching ahead of time and pick some beers out, or we pick the beers out and figure out what we're going to watch. And this time around was the previous. We mm-hmm. knew what we were going to watch. I hate, and it was like magic or technology. So I found beers that kind of have both a little bit. Although you can really pitch technology for any beer. Like, Ooh, the technology of brewing. Yes, magic. Magic of science. Refrigeration technology. Refrigeration is magic. You do know that. It's not really cold. It's just a lack of heat. It, it is. Dan yeah. K, the science gang. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first one that we had is a pre-prohibition style porter from Mutantis Brewing here in Portland. And it is a gluten-free porter. Now, people say, well, what the hell does that mean? What the and hell does that mean? So it was brewed with water, malted corn, malted rice, candy syrup, or beet sugar. And then they boiled it with some hops. Because it did have a little bit of hop to Hold it. Hold on, there's not there's no gluten in water. No, but they oh. did also use Water's a, a gluten free product. They used a gluten free dry it. yeast. Now the beer had a very interesting flavor profile. Uh, a friend of ours, we did some tastings at the brewery the other day, and said it tastes like tangy or almost sour. And I would agree. Like the the darker beers that this mm. place produces are a little bit closer to the beer styles because you, you're trying to replicate what a malt profile is without using malts. You, so you guys were telling me the other night, I'm not saying, you know, for listeners, don't, you know, don't avoid this, but you were recommending for me to hold off on the light beers and try the dark ones first. Yeah, do the dark okay. ones first because okay. they're going to taste more like the actual, like, beer. They're lighter. The, the brewery, no, I applauded them. I was like, man, you guys are, are trying to make a whole bunch of different styles of beer. Something for they everybody. A, a Kolsch, a Pilsner, a Pale Ale, a couple of juicy IPAs, all light, and none of them tasted like beer. It, it tasted like sort of maybe like beer, near beer kind of thing, but Be- beer not adjacent. really beer, well, beer it, adjacent. It, it, if, I, if I have a gluten like dietary restriction, though, and most of the beer world is, is locked away from me, yes, I'm going to approach that, I'm going to drink it, and I'm going to like get on my fees to praise heaven. Drink the yeah, crap yeah. out like, of it. Yeah, I'm going to drink the crap out of it yeah, because it's yeah. it's really, it's delicious. I would describe it as beer adjacent, but if your palate is foreign to beer because you've got a gluten dietary restriction, mm-hmm. you're not yeah. going to notice. Correct. Yeah. Like this is beer. Yeah. 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 So this is a three point or 5.3% ABV and 25 IBU. And I would agree with Aaron. If it's something that is approachable to you because of dietary restrictions or just for whatever reason, you'd like to try it. The location also has a refrigerator unit that they have sitting out in their sitting area that does have other, that has their own that they've canned. And then they have bottles from other breweries and some cans from other breweries that, that are that, also gluten-free. That refrigeration, though, that's just a lack of heat. It is. It is just a lack of heat. <laughs> they have a space that has no heat. 
So and they sell it in these giant kind of oil can looking dealios, and it was interesting. I was like, "Is this?" Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, was, looked, it looked like motor oil. Yeah, it looked like a motor oil can. I mean, I was one. frozen in place and asking for oil can, but nobody helped out. I was just stuck in the uh, field until so the kid and that scarecrow came along. Yeah, we're gonna oil ah, there you we up. go. <laughs> yes, and then you found the yellow brick road, right? The the way to like back. Well, I had the road. We just had to find some lion, fight some monkeys. There was a poppy field of all and that was a farmer it was oh, crazy Weird i thought farmer. it was always a like monetary Uncle myth Owen. about backing the dollar with the gold standard i, I, yes. I was so confused this <laughs> whole time getting way off all right monopoly man but, take it easy but it's all right pre-prohibition style meaning that they're using recipes from a long time ago it happened it before prohibition before prohibition and those that don't know what that is that was something that happened in the early 1900s a where black, they said black day it was where they <laughs> Religious people said, hey, we don't want anyone drinking because it causes bad things to happen. And so the government passed some weird laws saying you couldn't consume or sell alcohol. Needless to say, it didn't really stop many people. It, created it drove up consumption. It, it drove, drove consumption up. up it created because, NASCAR. Yes, it did. It, it created did. NASCAR yeah. because there were people that were running liquor. And they had to get faster, more well-suspended cars. And, and they discovered, oh, well, now it's legal, but we love driving fast and trying to take each other out. Let's Correct. just do this for fun. They do. There's also the enduring popularity of Canadian whiskey, which was significantly Ooh. helped during Prohibition as well. Really? I imagine, yes. So this style of porter just uses real base, approachable ingredients that aren't super fancy and new. Yeah, yeah. They've been around. The hops have been around a long time. It, it doesn't say the exact hop strain they use, but I imagine it was probably a British style because it was just really, really secondary, really light. Very low profile on the hops. It was pretty good. Yeah. Didn't quite nail the movie. I could drink this with... Something else? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the genre I'd go with. Like a hmm, like a 90s action movie, 80s action movie, something just easy to watch, easy Teenage to drink. Ninja Turtles? Well, that's just art. Like Cliffhanger, maybe? Yeah, 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 Cliffhanger, Cliffhanger. Or somebody jumping off a cliff? Like in Ninja Turtles. Yeah, 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 yeah we're on the same yeah, base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, Speed. There you go. <laughs> How about Speed 2? There's a boat. <laughs> oh, there's a boat in Speed 2? I didn't know that. My favorite Simpsons <laughs> joke is when uh, Otto, the bus driver, is like blasting through the, the city, driving real fast, and Milhouse goes, this is like Speed 2, but with a bus instead of a boat. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> it's a flawless joke, and I love it. That is flawless. Anyway, uh, that next flawless beer, Dan, because we keep getting off topic. <laughs> yes, we do. So the second beer we had, an ESB, which is an extra special bitter, but it's not necessarily meaning it's more bitter. It's just meaning they use special ingredients that were more expensive. You got more participation trophies. Correct. And so this was an ESB that was nitro out of the can. So nitro meaning it was half CO2, half nitro mix. Mm-hmm. And it means it's going to be creamier, smoother, lighter. It's not. It's not going to be as dense. It's going to be not as sharp. And needless to say, it's magic. We don't know how the hell they right. did it because Guinness has the little, like the little ball in in each yeah, can that activates ball. the correct. Yeah, the, the the effect. But this one is just open, pour, and it's empty. Yeah, it, it was you, creamy and delicious. It yes. was really yeah. nice. So, I think it was. All of our favorites. Yes. Away Days away days Brewing. Thank you. And I know those guys, they, they focus a lot on British styles, and they do really well. They have a bunch of different – they have like five different cask pours at their brewery location, their tap room. And next door, they also have a soccer kind of cafe restaurant place 
that also has... It feels like a pub. It's a British pub. It feels like a, pro- a proper pub. Yeah, and they do cask pours as well as nitro in there as well. So check them out. They're down in Southeast off of... The really nice thing about ESBs is it's toffee, honey, sweet. It's just a really nice mild beer in general. They can range in ABV content. This one had about 5%. It should be really, really low bitters or none at all. You shouldn't notice any hot profile, or if you do, it'll be just very dry, leafy, just kind of very gentle. Mm-hmm, shouldn't, mm-hmm. You shouldn't have very much of it, any bitterness at all on the profile. If you have a lot of bitterness, does that essentially change the style? Or it's is a it just style a, well, a poorly made ESB? Well, I mean, if they call it ESB and it's bitter, then it's not an ESB. You're just, uh, here in America, you can call anything you want, anything you want. So, Like the Italian Pilsners. Yes, there, there are made-up styles that don't really exist when you look at the regulations or what you would call the Beer Drug Certification Program, which provides a guideline for beer styles for most judging across the uh, world. But most producers, like they must find some advantage to like, being rational in their naming conventions because you Correct. want your customers to have some accurate expectation of what the product is going to be. Correct. But in the beer world, it doesn't matter. You can call it, the, the, we've seen some pretty squirrely weird name beers and you're like, it doesn't even say what it is. It just has a name on it. And you're just like, well, what is it? We don't know. Just try it. Squirrely beer. The, the, the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you, you've been kind of silent here about the beers. What was your thought on the second beer on the ESB? I really enjoyed the second beer, the ESB. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was amazing and magical that when you opened the can, it had a lot of froth come up. It poured like a normal nitro pour would. Yeah, yeah. And and there was no little gadget inside like Guinness to, to make it foam up. I really enjoyed it. It went down easy. It was smooth. It was flavorful. I don't love a lot of hoppy flavor, mm-hmm. and it definitely I'm, had I'm there with you. very little of that. Yeah. So definitely uh, I, I liked it the best of the three. Very cool. I, I think we're thumbs up all around the board on that yeah, one. And yeah. I think it went. It was the one that went the best because the last beer that we had, which was like the last seven minutes of the film. It uh, is good. It just didn't match the post-apocalyptic magic versus technology tone. Yeah. So, and I think the color of the beer helped with, helped with the matching as well because the nitro was so dark and so much of this film was dark, shadowy dark faceless hordes stomping around like this this makes sense yeah it was it was a heavy kind of a heavy theme yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if it wasn't good versus evil if there wasn't this these call outs to nazism if there wasn't you call it you know to to, uh uh nation of people um, the genocide genocide. genocidal yeah Yeah. this this beer is too light and crisp for a genocidal movie yeah yeah Yeah. but let's get more into this beer it it was tasty and citrus yeah so Mm -hmm. it's a beer called hot massive and it's from Threshold Brewing and Blending, which is down in Southeast, like 80th and Stark, or maybe 78th and Stark. Small home brewers that decided to go big, and they're, they've made some really amazing beers. And this is one of the ones that they make in both a regular and a fresh hopped version. This is not the fresh hopped version, because mm-hmm. those are very, they are only put out a very small amount because they're so expensive to make with all the fresh hops. Hop Massive is a hazy micro IPA. Micro meaning very small, meaning not a lot of alcohol. 3.3%. Yep, that's it. And that's the magic in it because it doesn't taste, it, it tastes like a, like a full-on real hazy. Like, it, like it, when you finish one glass, you're going to be feeling it. 
and it tastes yeah, like it, yeah, but you're not. It smells very lemony. Mm-hmm. I mean, the aromatics are really, really beautiful. And mm-hmm. then the first sip is very dry, acidic lemon, a little bit of citrus, like citra hop. Mm-hmm. So I'll read what's on the bottom of the can here, if I can take my glasses off. Dan's going to start speaking in Aramaic. Uh, We're all going to start bleeding from right. the eyes. <laughs> so a hop-crazy, hazy micro-APA, emoderately... I don't know what that word is. The first time I've ever um, read it. Immoderately? E-M-O? No, immoderately, yeah. I-M-M-O-D-E-R-A-T-E-L-Y. To, to excess, not, not moderate. Yes. The opposite of being moderate. Double dry hopped with Citra Eldorado yeah. and Mosaic. A small beer for massive hop lovers. The Eldorado is going to give it that kind of grapefruit to mm-hmm. sometimes people say pineapple flavor. A little citrus. The mosaic is going to hmm. give it that dank kind of back end that's going to sit on the tongue and be really dry. And then the citrus is going to be that citrus, lemony, maybe even orange. I'm not a hophead, but I enjoyed this beer. And of the three, if I'm buying one regularly, it's probably the 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 hop massive here. Uh, like this, like especially for summer drinking. Oh, this is a summer beer. Yeah, this yeah. is this is a porch beer right here. This is I'm going to sit in front of the the uh, fire pit and have about six of these because it's only three point three percent, so it's yeah. low in it, calories. It was a nice beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't match the film very well. Oh, not right. at all. I agree. But I, I enjoyed this the citrus in it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, as we found out last episode, I don't like a lot of citrus, citrus in my beer. These beers were purchased at a bunch of different locations at both uh, Mac Wine Cellars. We got the Hot Massive from them, and then mm-hmm. we got the the first beer we got. Actually, I bought last night at the brewery itself over on Northeast Deacom. The second one, I believe, I bought over at Bridgetown Beer Cellars. One of these was Bridgetown. I think it was the Away Days. Yeah, it was the Away Days. They that's that one's available both at, I think at like Fred Meyer and maybe New Seasons. It's they've started producing enough that they can be found in the bigger grocery stores on occasion. I know a lot of the bottle shops have them. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. one, I know that that ESB, I think from my perspective is one of their better beers. It's very clean and approachable for non-beer drinkers. It's not offensive. So, and the fact that they can do nitro out of, you know, it's nitro. When I say nitro, it's not pure nitrous oxide. It is magic. It's half, (laughs) it's a half CO2, half nitro mix. And maybe they've pumped up the nitro on it when they do the canning or they purge the can first. Who knows? I mean, I don't know what magic they're doing, but it's magical. Magic. Uh, do we want to? I have, have a pitch. We we have a pitch for something. Do not do the movie name, uh, movie beer name rename game, but instead get into it. The top mage standoffs. Okay, yeah. Because I got a few written down. Yes, um, I see that. Full spoilers for this movie. The Wizard to Wizard standoff of the two twin brothers, Avatar versus Black Wolf, is phenomenal. It's incredible. It's budget savvy. One gets shot. Yeah, he pulls out a Hey, my mom showed us something when you weren't around, and he pulls a gun out and shoots him twice. I mean, it's like, dude. Like, it, I... Had this idea when we started watching. But but for a film where it's technology versus magic, and technology bad, magic good... The you, good guy uses technology in the end to defeat the bad guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. bad to use, bad against bad. Bad that's, against uh, bad. That's understandable. And so I started wondering, what are some of the best mage duels in animated and uh, just general fantasy films? And the first one I wrote down was Merlin versus Madame Mim from Disney's Sword in the Stone. Does anybody else remember this? No. No. I was like five when I it's, saw Sword I've seen it a bunch. I, it's so good. Uh, Merlin and Madame Mim keep turning to different creatures. It's like a squirrel versus bird, and then cat versus squirrel, then dog versus cat, and then dragon versus... It's so fun. It's it's such a great animated Disney feature. Every time I'd see it, after like a big rainstorm at home, like where I was growing up, the stones start coming out around when 
King Arthur magic. got the sword. Like this is, I mean, it's it's weather, but I thought it was magic. Yeah, no, 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 it's cool. Uh, the second one, Dumbledore versus Voldemort. I don't know a lot about this one because I don't read a lot of Harry Potter. <laughs> but one's right finds the other knows, and the other is Michael Gambon. Correct. And so the the interesting thing is is actually Dumbledore doesn't he taught Voldemort. He, there, yeah, so yeah. there's not really uh, one against the other in it. It is, I taught you and I screwed up because you turned evil. That's a pretty fun dynamic. My, the kid I taught, it's very, the, the latest Star Wars run is, oh, I taught this guy and he turned out bad. I messed up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what the whole next TV series is going to be about is, hey, we're going to babysit his kids and make sure they don't go evil too. And don't worry, guys. I saved one that we can all get into. Gandalf versus Saruman. I was I was expecting that one. I was expecting yeah. that. as I triumphantly close my iPad case. <laughs> it's on top of Dude threw Gandalf across the room. You don't do that. He's old. I know. He's got bad hips. Hey, but he saw the moth and he talked to the moth and the moth flew off and the moth came back with a big old bird. I mean, come on, That's you can't right. beat that. Good versus evil, good wins in the end. Yes, especially when Again. you're brown and not Again. Gray. I also like that wasn't Saruman white? When Gandalf and he first faced off, and you're thinking, oh, no, but it, it's like how the stormtroopers are white, and oh, man, and then Gandalf just solos that boss fight and gets farms yes. all the XP. Yes. What, 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 he was Gandalf the Gray, didn't mm-hmm. he? And then he, farmed, he, and then he fought, the that, white. Yeah. Then fought he, that Balrog. The Balrog and then got all the XP because, you yeah. know, if you know the old school rules, whoever lands the last blow and did the most damage gets all the XP. That's right. Yeah. And yep. he leveled up. So not technically wizards, but if we were going to say Obi-Wan Kenobi... And I'll uh, take it. Like, because using and the Darth Maul Darth- is kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help. I'm sorry. All right. I'm yeah. Obi- Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader. It's, That's where I was going. Classic. Yeah. I was going to say, and you know, it's, there's magic elements. It's magic adjacent, right? It's very adjacent. Well, you know, they work, the Jedi were called magic. They were, they mm-hmm. use magic. Right. Mm-hmm. Magic. Your well, Jedi mind tricks won't well, work on me. The force is definitely not technology. It is not, but you can it's use by- technology to test for it. Depending on the... Uh, the what you How co- many Metalorians do you have? I was about to say, depending on what uh, canon you follow, it's biological. Yeah, well, no. it could be. Not always, though. Unless you're like the great-granddaughter of some e- super evil dude and, and you do a whole oh, film yeah. franchise around you. But that's for another episode. Yeah, that's another it episode. really is. That's well, a different right. movie. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't really think of any other wizard battles. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of films, but I, none uh, of them come to mind. Willow? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen Willow since I was a kid. I, I can watch that again. No, neither. There, there's Martin, Merlin right? and Morgana in uh, Excalibur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Or the general Arthurian mythology. Right. Or if you see the most recent Disney reboot of that, it's Morgana versus uh, the kid with the shoes. Fred Savage? Primordial. <laughs> what are you talking about? You, you've not seen that I'm Disney reboot. I'm so confused. It's, it's kid with the shoes. It's The Flash? It's, Sonic no. the Hedgehog? Who's got shoes? Everybody's got shoes, unless you're in a third world country. Come on, it's got Nick Cage. It's got Nick Cage in it. Come on, I don't watch everything with Nick Cage. Oh my god, I love it, but I don't watch all of it. Dan, I'm lost. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, pig. The movie with about the kid with the shoes. Wait, (laughs) chase down that pig. Nick Nick Cage was in Pig. Yeah, is this Babe? No, (laughs) that'll do. Shoes, that'll do. Okay, it's called The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh, that one. Yes, (laughs) and it came out in 2010. And yes, it's a Disney film. <laughs> and yes, the younger kid who's a the last who is the of actor Merlin. Dan leaving Las Vegas. Oh my God. Leave me alone. <laughs> Face off. No adaption. His 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 name is Dave's Willie's Wonderland. 
Stutler, S-T-U-T-L-E-R. Uh, he probably hasn't done a lot. The, the, the character's name is Jay Brochel. Oh, Barochel. Oh, Jay Barochel's the actor. Yeah. Canadian actor. He's great. Plays Hard Right Jay on uh, Letterkenny. <laughs> True. That was a fun. That was a fun uh, train wreck we just had. I, I had a good time, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, and everybody. I mean, it, it, this has been a or fun apologies. episode. This has been a fun Sorry. episode for us. <laughs> Check out the movie Wizards. You can probably find it on a streaming platform, or oh, go yeah. buy it on VHS because I'm sure it's still out there. Somewhere. It just came out on uh, Blu-ray. Did it? Oh, really? Nice. Oh, That's nice. the move. Very wow. cool. Do you know if there's a bunch of extra features or anything? I have no idea. Get, listeners, buy it and tell us. Check it out. Yeah. And okay. you know, if you're going to watch a film like this, find something that is going to hold your attention because it it went by really fast. The movie went by fast, and we're it like, did. oh, yeah. hey, we need to like have another sip of the next one. Oh, yeah. So yeah, here yeah. we go. Thoroughly enjoyable hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And you know, I, I think we all enjoyed the film. I think we all liked yes. the beers, but I think the ESB went the best because yeah. yes. it was the most approachable. I say for all something of us. smooth, yeah. something with a bit of character to it. Definitely. And you know, if you don't hydrate dehydrate. Yeah, I don't know. It was a kind of crackly weird voice. Both of the wizards had weird voices. They had very cool voices. I can't do a Peter, Peter Falk or a Skeletor like or Peter Falk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't hydrate, you'll dehydrate. Yes. Something yeah, like that. Weird. So Enjoy some water. Enjoy something to drink. This, again, is not a kid's movie. I wouldn't recommend it. Even teenager, maybe, might get it. But even yeah, I, then, if they've... I saw it when I was 10. Yeah. In a theater. Wow. I'm old. And it was PG... <laughs> it's like PG-13, isn't it? I don't know. It, I don't think in it's New R. Zealand, it was rated M in the I theater. I don't know if they had PG-13 in 77. It, might have just been PG. it wasn't until 84, when, uh, or maybe 86. Yeah. It was with Gremlins and Temple of Doom and all that, when they were ripping out hearts and exploding creatures in microwaves they realized we should probably have something between kids and adults yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah this i think would just be a pg because there's there's yeah there's violence cartoon violence but kids see that on cartoons every day it's, yeah. it's not that violent compared to i mean yeah. the, the film footage is yes there is nazi propaganda film footage from world war ii that's frankly first. frankly if you're a fan uh, of animation check it out yeah definitely. it's very mm-hmm. cool very yeah. cool film yeah well, thanks for listening, everybody. This is, uh, you know, Moving to Beer. We always have wonderful opinions, and those expressed during the taping of this are those of the hosts. And, you know, I want to say thank you for listening and hanging out. Thanks for listening. This is Aaron. Buy those beers and that Blu-ray, and give me some money, please. This is Blake. <laughs> thanks for listening. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a good night.